1: that I'm about to receive will enable me and empower me to make Jesus famous in my everyday life. You may be seated. Opening Bible to Psalm 112. Amen. Psalm 112. Continuing faith and family in the fall, we've been teaching about building royal families, we're continuing this. We've talked about your prayer life matters and how important your prayer life is for your family. And if you weren't here last week, I encourage you to get that message. We're about how to effectively pray for your children. And so if you haven't got that message, please
0: get, listen to it on the podcast, download it for free on the website, and make sure don't just listen to it, make sure you do it, amen? Psalm 112,
1: verse 4. It says, unto the upright... There arises light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. This is what the Psalm 112 man, the righteous man, is supposed to be. A good man shows favor and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed trusting in the Lord. Proverbs 31, verse 21, the New Living Translation says, she, this Proverbs 31 woman, has no fear of winter for her household, for everyone has warm clothes. So tonight, my message is called, The Royal Family, Winter is Coming. Winter is coming. Now, why isn't the Proverbs 31 woman concerned about winter? Simply, She's prepared. Winter didn't catch her off guard. She knew every year winter comes, I need to make sure my family has the appropriate clothes to wear. In short, she is prepared. Why is a Psalm 112 man not moved? He's prepared. Even though we're faith people, it doesn't mean we do not prepare. Proverbs 21 verse 31 says, the horse is prepared against the day of battle, but safety or victory is of the Lord. Some people look at that verse and say, well, victory's of the Lord, so you don't need to prepare. No, you prepare, but you expect God to bring you the victory. So that must mean that when it comes to our families and to our individual lives, we need to prepare. And a lot of us kind of go, que Sarah, whatever, will be, will be, kind of just float through life, and we're not prepared. And so, well, God, why haven't I seen my breakthrough? Maybe you haven't prepared for it. Why haven't I seen my family transform? Maybe you didn't prepare for it. Or why haven't I seen an increase in my finances? Maybe you haven't prepared for it. Have you done what is necessary in your individual life and in your family to be prepared for your victory? Are you prepared for your next season? Everyone likes to shout at New Year's, yeah, this is my year, but are you prepared for next year? Because if you don't make changes, it'll just be a year like any other year. That even though the word of God comes forth in this prophetic promise for the year, if you are not prepared for that prophetic promise, it will do you no good. You have to be prepared. Go to Proverbs chapter 4. Actually, go to chapter 24. You must be prepared. Proverbs 24, verse 3. You must be prepared. Winter is coming. And one of the ways you prepare is through wisdom. What is wisdom? correctly applied knowledge, which must mean in order to have wisdom, you have to keep not just getting wisdom but getting knowledge. Proverbs 24 verse 3 says, Through wisdom is a house built, and by understanding is it established, and by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. A wise man is strong, yea, a man of knowledge increases strength. Go back to Proverbs 14, verse 1. Through wisdom is your house. That words also mean household built. One of the wonderful things about walking with God, that you can find God later on in your life, and you've already, quote, unquote, built your house, but now you start following God, and you notice that you built it wrong. But by his supernatural power and his wisdom, you can rebuild even if you've built for years. And even if you've lost so many things, Joel 2 teaches that in the outpouring of the Spirit, that he will restore what the locusts have eaten. So even if you've lived wrong for decades and then you turn to Jesus, he can cause restoration to come. So many people focus on trying to get through life and get through situations. And great, you're strong, you got through, but why don't you ask God to restore you? Are you prepared for your restoration? You may be a person who say, I've asked God to restore me, me, but are you prepared to receive it? Because Proverbs also teaches prosperity ruins a fool. And so sometimes you haven't received the harvest you've been asking for out of God's mercy. Because if you received everything you're asking for, it would destroy you. And because God loves you, he had to hold a little bit back. Cause I want you to have everything, but you're not ready to have it. Galatians teaches that same mentality, talking about a child, even though he may be ruler of all, is no different from a servant until he grows up. So there are several things God wants you to have, but you have to grow to get it. There's nothing wrong with a four-year-old wanting a great car to drive. They could say, I want this Lamborghini. I want this Maserati. That's great. You have desires, but you ain't driving it. You are four, right? Is it wrong for a four-year-old to want it? No. Should they drive it? No. They're not old enough to handle it. They are not prepared to handle it. Are you old enough to handle God's blessings? Are you prepared for what God's about to pour out in your future? You have to prepare yourself for it, and you have to prepare your family for it. Stop treating God like some genie in the bottle that you just rub the lamp, and he pops out, and he grants you a wish. God loves you so much that he knows you need some wisdom first before you get everything else you're asking for. And some blessings you have to grow into. Proverbs 14, verse 1, every wise woman builds her house, but the foolish plucks it down with her hands. Something we see in Proverbs 24 and Proverbs 14, wisdom builds. Wisdom builds. What is the purpose of building a house so that you have a shelter? It's great to prosper, but what's going to protect you when a storm comes? Well, it's going to protect you when it's too hot, too cold. Well, when the wind blows through. Wisdom builds. You're building your household. You're building your future. You're building your life. You have to build in a way that prepares you for the future. One of the things that we're doing concerning our building, we are future-proofing it. One of the things that happens so often when people build buildings is, technology changes, then they have to go into the wall, rip something out, tear something down, and put it back in and spend a whole bunch of money that you shouldn't have to be if you prepare for the future. And so, in the same mindset, I'm taking in building, this new building, future-proofing it. Why don't you look at your life and see, are you prepared for the future? And that's only going to come from getting knowledge and getting wisdom. Go to Proverbs 4. Proverbs Chapter Four, Verse Five Proverbs Chapter Four,
0: Verse Five
1: Proverbs Chapter Four, Verse Five. It's very clear. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Forget it now. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her now. Talking about wisdom. And she, wisdom, shall preserve you. Love wisdom, and she shall keep you. That word keep means to guard, to watch over like a watchman. So wisdom will guard you. But if you have wisdom, it will look over your life like a watchman. The purpose of a watchman is to let you know when danger is coming, to let you know when good is coming so you're not surprised when it shows up. If a watchman is in the watchtower, it is looking towards the future so that whoever is in the city is prepared with whatever is coming gets there. Wisdom will prepare you for the future. Wisdom will even show you things to come and make sure you're prepared when it gets there. That's why the Psalms 112 man is not moved by evil tidings. That's why the Proverbs 31 woman is not afraid of winter. They are prepared with wisdom to handle whatever gets there. Wisdom is the principal thing, the chief thing, the most important thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all your getting, get understanding. That phrase get understanding means get good judgment, get discernment, Get comprehension of the wisdom you are seeking. Exalt her wisdom and she shall promote you. Wisdom will promote you. Wisdom shall bring you to honor when you do embrace her. Wisdom shall give you to your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory shall wisdom deliver to you. In order to understand wisdom, it must be applied and heard again and again. In order to understand wisdom, it must be applied and heard again and again. Think about going back to the days when you were in school. uh, If you had a good teacher, at least, did they just talk about it once? And you never saw it again until the test came? There's no way you understood it. They had to talk about it again and again and again and again and again. And one day it's like, oh, I get it. If you ever expected to pass the test, you had to hear it multiple times. If you ever expected to pass the test in life, you have to hear the wisdom needed multiple times. And what happened when you went to the next grade? They built on what you're supposed to get in the previous grade. So that means wisdom builds on top of it, which may mean you're not ready to receive what you want because you skipped some grades. And you didn't pay attention to the lessons God was teaching you in previous seasons. So many people want to skip through seasons and skip through life and go, I can't wait till my next season. Yeah, your next season may be great, but please learn what you're supposed to learn in this season. And understand life is not about the destination. Life is a journey. Because if you're always wanting to get to a certain destination, you miss the whole time to get there. And wisdom works with you every single step of the way. So you have to get wisdom. You have to get understanding. Wisdom will prepare you. Wisdom will help you lay the right foundation. Ephesians 2.20 says Jesus Christ is our, founder, is our cornerstone, our chief cornerstone. First Corinthians 1.30 says, but of him are you in Christ Jesus who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Jesus is made unto us wisdom. So whatever we need, you can receive it in your relationship with God. Wisdom. You know how to apply the correct knowledge. There are many things in the natural that we're always learning. We're learning about how to properly take care of our bodies. Right? Or at least you should. If you want to live long and be healthy and strong. You're learning what you should eat, how much of it you should eat, what you shouldn't eat. You're learning what works best for your body type, what works for your blood type. You're learning about different things, natural things. This is knowledge. And sadly, we're in a day where there's more knowledge than any other time in history that seems people are stupider. We live in the information age... Yet people still are foolish. Because just because there's knowledge doesn't mean there's wisdom. So people can get all this information, they get all this knowledge, but if they don't know how to apply it, they are still biblically defined as fools. So we should always be getting knowledge. We should always be learning we are always getting better at what God has called us to do. But if you're walking in a relationship with Jesus, he'll show you how to apply that knowledge. Everyone will have a technique of what's best for your child. You could read the books, but that doesn't mean it's going to work for your child. So what works for your child? Ask the Holy Ghost. He knows your child better than you do. So, Sir, I read all these books. I got all this knowledge. How should I apply it? I've heard all these good things, how should I apply it? How does this work in my life? It's good to research, but it's better to, after you research, ask the Holy Ghost how to apply it, which means you have to know him and know his voice. One of the things I'll talk about when we do our town hall meeting and think days in the future, for years I've been researching what is the best path for us as we go to our future. Now, that doesn't mean I see what happens in one church that works and I copy it. No. I research, then I ask the Holy Ghost, what's for us? Because the horse is prepared for the day of battle, but victory is of the Lord's. So that means you prepare, you research, you read, you look at all these different things, and then you consult the Holy Ghost, what are we supposed to do? You have to do that in your individual life. You have to do that with your family so that you're prepared for the future. God is not against you reading books. God has not called you to burn every book. God wants you to read. God wants you to learn. God wants you to understand. But your knowledge doesn't replace the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is the one who teaches you how to apply that knowledge. One of the things when I took, I was a business minor, and I went to Oral Roberts University, so a number of our professors are spirit-filled, love God. And so in my economics class, he would teach us all the different curves of the economy, all the different things that could happen, teaches us all the things you learn in economics class in any college you go to. But then he would always say every class, he says, if you forget everything I teach you, remember this one thing. The Holy Ghost trumps all. He said it every class. He says, because you could see by the curve, you think this is supposed to happen. But if the Holy Spirit tells you this is going to happen, go with the Holy Ghost, not this curve. Amen. So even if the Kinsian curve looks like this, if the Holy Ghost tells you something different, that's what you do. So that's what we kept hearing. Says, get this knowledge, understand how the financial markets work. But if the Holy Spirit tells you something differently, you go with the Holy Spirit. Because yes, get knowledge. Yes, learn the stock market. Yes, learn stocks and bonds. Let's learn all these things. Yes, teach our children all these things. Yes, give them the knowledge we didn't have growing up. But also teach them as you get the knowledge, make sure you can hear God's voice so he can tell you how to apply the knowledge. It's not enough to get knowledge. You have to know the voice of God as well. Go to James chapter 1.
0: James Chapter One.
1: Verse Five. If any of you lack wisdom, notice it and say, if any of you lack knowledge. If any of you lack how to apply the knowledge you've already obtained, in context, it's talking about people who are going through tribulation. They're going through pressure. They're going through persecution. They've had the word preached to them. They know how to get victory. They just don't know how to apply it. So think about all the knowledge you've gotten in your life. If you ask the Holy Spirit, it'll show you how to apply it. But you must ask. But there's sometimes you don't know what to do because you haven't followed the prompting of the Holy Spirit. He'll tell you. You'll be praying about something. Go listen to that message. Go read that book. Some of you don't know what to do because you like to come to church and disappear, and you don't form relationships. Sometimes the answer you need, God put in someone else. Sometimes the wisdom you need, he put in someone else. That to a certain point, relationships are the currency of the kingdom. That God will put your answer in someone else because you're supposed to form a relationship, a friendship with them. But if you're always trying to be a silo to yourself, you will not be able to receive what you need. So if you let God order your steps, if you are following his promptings to be in the right friendships, to be in the right relationships, to read and to study and to listen as you're supposed to, then you can ask for wisdom and he'll show you what to do. But that means you must get knowledge, which means every area of your life you should be seeking to improve. You should study. You should read. You should research. You should understand. And please don't read something once and think, oh, this has to be the truth. The Word of God is that way, but nothing else is that way. So just because they share something on Facebook, you don't know if it's real. could be written by Russia. Who knows? They said Russia used Pokemon Go. Who knows what else they're using? So what do you need to do? Read that article, then see if something backs it up. Go back to elementary school where they taught you how to research a paper and prove if things are true. Do that when you read things in your life. Don't just make a diet because you saw one documentary. Study a little bit longer than that. Because a lot of people watch a documentary and make a decision, it's an emotional decision. It may last a couple months. But then they go back to what they are doing before, research, study, then ask the Holy Ghost. When you're studying, ask him to direct your study. Then ask him how to apply what you learn. Christianity is not check your brains at the door. God gave you a brain for a reason and he expects you to think. So that means we have to develop our minds. The Holy Spirit is not against education. He wants you to have education, but he wants you to let him show you how to use it. Think about Adam, the first man, how brilliant he was. He named every species on this planet. How expansive does your mental capacity have to be to name everything? Most of us can't even remember all the names of stuff that exist. But it's not just naming, okay, that's an animal, but what is the species of this animal? Not this, okay, this is a dog, but how many species of dog are there? How brilliant he was. God gave him a brilliant mind. God has given you a brilliant mind. He's given you the mind of Christ. When you read Daniel, it talks about how they were 10 times smarter than their teachers. And they were teenagers when the Bible said that about them. And if God will do it for them, he'll do it for you. So stop saying, I can't remember things. Well, if you know how old I am, I guess forget things. Well, you can forget things if you want to. Or you can say the memory of the upright is blessed. My memory is blessed. I recall, I remember things. My mind, my brain works the way it's supposed to. Because you can have what you say. So stop saying, well, it's just so hard for me to understand things. Say, no, it's easy for me to understand. You may not be able to understand at this point because you don't know the right way you should be taught. You may be a different type of learner. So study on the different types of learners and ask the Holy Spirit, how do I apply this? How do I learn more? What is my best way to learn? We should be people who are Intelligent. We should be people who know what we're talking about. But after you get the knowledge, let the Holy Spirit direct you on how to apply the knowledge. So if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering, for he that wavers is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So ask in faith, believe, and you'll receive. Don't think, well, I asked, God didn't tell me anything. No, thank God that you received it by faith before you know what to do in your mind. And you keep living believing that God's going to show you exactly what to do. So that means you stop saying, I don't know what to do. You start saying, well, I don't know what to do yet, but he's showing me. Your mouth has to agree with your prayers. Because one or two is going to come to pass, what you pray or what you say. If you want what you pray to come to pass, make sure it lines up to what you say. Colossians 1 9, a prayer, one of the things I pray for you every day. Paul's praying that you might be filled with the knowledge of God's will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Notice that all wisdom. If that's something you should pray for yourself, that'll be filled with all wisdom. One of the things I pray, Father, I pray that I'm filled with all wisdom. And help me today to guide my affairs with discretion. Help me today to walk in wisdom
0: and understanding.
1: To apply what you've taught me. Because one of the things is, you'll learn so many things over the years from God that you don't always remember. Right? Some of you have been to church two times, still don't know all the things you learned those two times. But if you've done your diligent part to get the knowledge, to be in the place, the Holy Spirit will remind you of things. It's his job to bring things to your remembrance. Jesus said he would. So you put it in and let the Holy Spirit bring it out. Your job is to put in. His job is to help you bring it out. Go to 1 Corinthians 2. have to get wisdom if you can be prepared for the future you have to have wisdom if you can build your family the way it should be or rebuild
0: your family the way it should be
1: you have to
0: have wisdom
1: first Corinthians 2 verse 6 and one of the things about asking for wisdom before God even tells you what to do you need to set your mind and your heart that whatever he tells me to do I'm going to do What's the purpose of asking someone for something if you're not going to do what they say? Because if you're praying only to uh, want God to agree with you, see, some people will tell you something because they just want you to agree with them. They don't want your advice. They just want you to agree. When you come to God, you got to be open and make sure that you're going to let God tell you whatever he wants to tell you. There is time to pray so you can get it confirmed in your heart. You think you know what to do. And you ask, Father, I think this is what you want me to do. Help me to know for sure. Help to confirm it in my spirit. Other times you don't know what to do. Says Father, this is what I think is the best way, but whatever you want me to do is what I'm going to do. I seek your wisdom on this. We have to be those people, not those who just, well, God, I think this is right. Did I pray? Oh, yep, you didn't say anything. Someone run with it. Howbeit, we speak the wisdom among them that are mature. Yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Verse 13, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. So there is hidden wisdom in a mystery that the Holy Ghost teaches. That's not available to everybody. Go to chapter 14, verse 2. First Corinthians 14, verse 2. For he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. For no man understands him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. But he that prophesies speaks unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. He that speaks in unknown tongue edifies himself, but he that prophesies edifies the church. So when you're speaking in tongues, you're speaking mysteries. And inside those mysteries is wisdom. And if you would spend more time praying in the Holy Ghost, you would pray out wisdom. You can pray about things. There are times I'll be praying messages and I don't know where to go next. So I just start praying in the Holy Ghost about it. And then I know, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. What did I do? I prayed out wisdom. I prayed out the understanding. I prayed out what I needed. That you can take times and say, sir, I don't know what I need to do about this situation. But as James 1 says, I ask you for wisdom. I receive it. Now I'm going to pray it out. And then he take time and he just pray in the Holy Ghost. Say, so, well, I don't know what I'm saying. You don't need to know what you're saying. God knows what you're saying. And God will give back to you what you need. Have you ever just you've took time to pray and it seemed like nothing ever happened? But a day or two later you're just walking around and all of a sudden you know what to do? Has that happened to anyone? That's the interpretation of what you prayed. Just because it didn't manifest at that second you prayed, you got it when you needed it. There are times we're praying it's not for what we think we're praying for today. Everything is seed time and harvest in the kingdom. You could be praying about things five years from now. And something happens, all of a sudden you know what to do. It's like, I don't even remember praying about that. But because you obeyed God five years ago to pray in the Holy Ghost, you were prepared. Remember we said a couple weeks ago, never walk into a place you haven't already prayed through. Your prayer should go ahead of you. You should only be walking into places you've already prayed about. Remember when Jesus went to go raise Lazarus from the dead? Remember that whole situation? None of his disciples believed. Jesus said, yes, Lazarus is sleeping. Oh, if Lazarus is sleeping, he's good. He's getting better. So it says Jesus spoke plainly, Lazarus is dead. I'm going to raise him up. But they were concerned, well, Jesus, why are you going back there? Everybody in that area wants to kill you. So Jesus says, we're going to raise Lazarus up. Everybody says, okay, we're going. And Thomas says, well, let's all go die with him. There's no faith in that group not faith to raise the dead, faith to survive. But what did Jesus say? I am going to raise him up. So when Jesus got there, there is nobody that believed except the word he already sent. If you can find no one else to agree with you, agree with yourself. Speak the word so when you get there, the word's already there for you to agree with. I can't find anyone in my family to believe that my family is going to be saved. Well, you speak the word concerning your family. And when you get to the situation, there's two can agree. Because who is the word? His name is Jesus. And as Brother Jesse said, I'll be your two. <laughs> Let Jesus be your two when you go into difficult situations that you don't know how to handle. That you spoke the word, you prayed the word. So you expect when I show up, I just agree with what I already said. When God shows up at a situation, he says, I expect, I spoke my word, it will not return to me void. He expects his word to accomplish what he said. So you didn't see in the beginning, God said, let there be light. And then he started pacing, it's like, oh, I wonder if there's going to be light. I wonder if there's going to be light. What am I going to do? What if the light doesn't show up? No, it was light be, light was. God has spoken thousands of things in the Old Testament that haven't manifested yet. But God is not pacing up in heaven going, well, what if it never comes to pass? What if it never comes to pass? What if it never comes to pass? He said it. It's going to happen. You have to get confident that when you say something, it's going to come to pass. But most of you aren't that confident because you don't trust your own word. If your word is not good, then when he speaks something in faith, you won't believe it either. So that means we got to watch what we say. We have to be accurate in what we say. Oh, yeah, I'll be there in a minute. You know you haven't even left yet. (laughs) Just be honest. You already know. It's going to take me a while. Because if you're always saying things that you don't even believe, when you speak the word, you're not going to believe it either. It's the wisdom of God. It's calling things that be not as though they were. So you call things that be not. That's part of the wisdom of God. That's how you prepare for the future. You're speaking to your future. You're speaking to something that's not there yet, telling you how it's going to be there when you get there. Future shouldn't just be when you get there. There should already be preparation for it. So when we take this approach concerning prayer and getting knowledge and getting wisdom, we'll be able to have wisdom as a watchman on the wall. Ephesians 4.27 says, Neither give place or landmass or a spot to the devil. If you're in a place walking with Jesus and seeking wisdom, you'll be able to see if the enemy has a spot in your house. Because the thing is some people like "Oh why am I always fighting the devil? You let him move in. He's your roommate. Some people have all these it seems like the same battle all the time because you haven't built your wall properly. Because if an enemy's trying to attack and you leave a hole in your house, that's where the enemy's going to come in. It's not going to try to knock on the door or bust down the door. it's going to walk through the hole. But if you're spending time with God, you're hearing the word continually, you're getting knowledge and wisdom continually, you ask the Holy Spirit, you spend time with him, he'll show you where there's openings, where the enemy's trying to get in. Then you understand, we talked about praying for your kids last week, while your kids are protected and the enemy can't get to them. When you read Job chapter 1, and you study the life of Job, Satan is complaining to God, he says, I can't touch him. So that means Satan was trying. Because I can't get to him because you put a wall around him. So he's been looking for years trying to get Job and he couldn't. So they go, Why did well, God make Job so vulnerable? Well, God, God didn't do it, Job did it. Because while Satan is complaining, God says, Everything he has is in your hand. Why? When you look at Job 3. Job said, I feared a fear, and it came upon me. So through fear, Job tore down his own wall that he built. So that means for years, Job built a wall Satan couldn't get through. But becoming a person who was habitually fearful, he tore down that wall, and Satan was able to get in and wreaked havoc and destruction on his family, on his finances, and on his health, to where he begins to despair of life. What am I going to do? And you read those next 40 chapters... And you think this happened for years. You're thinking, man, Job got a bad rap. He made one mistake, and for decades his life is ruined. No, some scholars say it only took nine months. But those 40 chapters and everything that happened, the first few chapters, was just nine months. So even if you made a mistake, don't let your mistake define your life. Because what happened at the end of the chapter God restored Job. He gave him double for his trouble. He gave him everything back plus some. And then all his fake friends who couldn't bother him or come see him when he was going through came at the end and gave him money. He says, oops, we made a mistake. Take some gold. This is beyond restoration. So that means it says Job lived 140 years. So that means he lived at least 100 more years after that. So yes, he made a mistake and had a bad nine months. But his next 100 years were glorious. So just because you've made mistakes and it's given you some bad seasons, don't let that define your life. Get the wisdom from God so that the next part of your life is marvelous. Don't let your past define your future. Don't let your mistakes define your future. Let what God says define your future say, so, well, what does God say about my life specifically? Get before him and get wisdom. How do I handle my next step? A lot of times we want God to give, you, give us our entire life plan. That's not faith. Ask God for your next step. He may give you a few, but he wants you to believe him and walk with him step by step. Because if he gave you your whole life plan, you would never seek him. You're like, oh, I know what to do. And a lot of people get caught up because God told them to do something 20 years ago and they did it, but they never asked them, should I change? Should I update? Some people get in trouble because they copy every new fad. Some people get caught up because they never do anything new. So, well, God told me to do this 30 years ago. Well, great. Is that what he wants you to do today? Have you asked him? Have you checked in? He says, well, it seems to be working out good. That's great. But ask him if there's anything that you need to change, any course correction. Did you get off somewhere? So, well, it seems like he's blessing me, but maybe there's more blessing for you if you made a course correction. So that means you keep checking in, sir, is there anything I need to do? Because God answers the questions you ask. Well, there's times you don't even know what to ask. But when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you're asking the right question. And God will give you the right answer. There are times you'll come to church, you'll hear a message, and you're like, God, I don't even know if that was for me. It may not be for you today, but it could be for you two years from now. And he'll remind you, hey, remember that message? Go back and listen to it again. Not everything you hear from God is always for today. It could be for the future for you or it's for you to receive so you can help somebody else. You have to understand the wisdom of the Holy Ghost. And we have to make sure we're continually getting his wisdom. Joseph, in Genesis 41, he interpreted the dream of Pharaoh. He says, this is what's about to happen in the future. Here's how you prepare for it. And what happened, because Joseph had this wisdom, Pharaoh says, Is there anybody else as smart as this guy who has the Spirit of God? You in charge. How, what happened? Wisdom promoted him. So now he's 30 and in charge of an empire. And because he had wisdom, he preserved an empire. He enriched an empire because he was prepared. An empire wasn't destroyed because one man had a wisdom and prepared it. There are things coming in your future that are good, but you must be prepared for it. There are things coming on this nation that are good, but you must be prepared for it. There are things coming on this nation that aren't good, but you must be prepared for it. Because if you walk in wisdom and let God prepare you, you will not be moved by evil tidings. You won't be moved by bad news. You knew it was coming, but you're prepared. And if you're prepared, it says you won't be moved. But now you can help somebody else who wasn't prepared. It's not always just about us getting through and be fine. But who can we help? You see all these natural disasters that happen, and you may want to help someone. But if you don't have enough to take care of yourself, how you can help someone else? The worst thing you can do for a poor person is be poor yourself, or just to have enough. You have to be prepared to be a blessing. You have to be prepared to prosper. When you look at some of the last hundred years, people who've made the most money, they make it in a time of economic downturn because they were prepared. Which means we have to have wisdom. We can't live for Friday night. We have to plan for generations. We have to get the wisdom of God about everything. And seek him. Is there an open door that the enemy is attacking me? You might say, well, people just don't like me. Well, maybe you open a door. We have to get God's wisdom. Seek him. A lot of y'all need to take time praying, especially before next year gets here. Sir, what do I need to do to prepare for next year? Because I was praying in the back today. I was praying in the Holy Ghost, and I just heard, prepare, prepare, prepare. There are things you need to prepare for. There's things as a church we need to prepare for, which is why we have our volunteer meeting on the 21st. There are things that are about to happen so good in our future, but we have to be prepared for it. As individuals, as a family, as a faith family, you must prepare. You must be ready. Stop saying I'm waiting on God. God's waiting on you. As part of your preparation, you may just need to grow up. You want the fullness of the blessing, that means you've got to stop being petty. That if God bless you with everything, you'd use it to get back at somebody. You haven't committed to forgive everybody of everything. You haven't committed to walk in love. So that means you've got to grow up in order to receive it. So that means it takes some soul searching, some heart searching, Spending time before God, asking God, what do I need to fix to get ready for my next season? What do I need to do so that my family is ready for the next season? You need to prepare. Prepare and get ready. Stand to your feet. There's some more things the Holy Ghost wants to say about that. So pray in the Holy Ghost for a few seconds. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, go ahead and pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in other tongues. Pray out those mysteries. There's something else the Holy Ghost wants
0: to say about that. We seek you, sir. We seek you, sir. Indro sura de la Mahanga. Oh, my gloramasita. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Say la Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Sibrocora maca. Zingurobo sita la Mahandi ish da langera. Da guest just also de la Mahanga. Oh, dara, ha sita, ha,
1: For the days ahead are filled, filled to the brim of great things for you, contained with treasures of riches untold of my goodness, of my glory. There are wonderful things that have been hovering over this nation, ready at any moment to burst forth to bless it. And those are things, yes, you may see some things here, but you see more fulfilled and more fulfillment of it in 2018. But you must be prepared to receive it. For even in that outpouring of my goodness, things will pour out and some people won't see any of it because they weren't prepared. It is like the prophet of old who said those, the good will happen, they won't see it because they're looking in the other direction. You must look for it if you expect to walk in it. But to walk in it, you must be prepared for it. But at the same time, There will be a harvest of seeds sown. And for some, it will be a harvest of judgment, a harvest of things that were done according to the course of this world, things of sin and darkness, and they will receive the harvest thereof. Yes, there will be things that happen in 2018 that you thought some horrible things happened in 2017. You'll see more of it in 2018. But if you're prepared, it will not touch your house. If you're prepared, you'll be able to prevent some of those things the enemy has planned. If you're prepared, when some of those things happen, you'll be able to help those who are victimized and traumatized by it. You'll be able to pick them back up and bring them to the safe place. Yes, darkness increases in the world, but my light shines brighter and brighter every day, says the Lord. So don't be afraid about things to come. Hear what I said, prepare, prepare, prepare. Spend time before me, seek my face, hear my voice, and I'll show you what to do for you, I'll show you what to do for your family, and I'll show you what to do concerning those around you. Do not be afraid, do not fear, do not be worried about one single thing, for I am your Father. I love you and have great things in store for you.
0: Prepare for them and you'll walk in them, says the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, glory to God.
1: Mercy, 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 mercy is what's on my mind. You spent all this time of prayer in this season, and I've taught you about prayer, but you must take your place to pray so that mercy can manifest and that the fullness of the judgment that is coming will not be received from those it is due to. So you must pray from your place. And from that place, you must use your authority to prevent some of the attacks of the enemy that he is planning. But you can't be lackadaisical about it, haphazard about it. It must be your habit. It must be your practice to use your authority, to pray, to pray out my plans and my purposes. As I've taught you, everything I want to be done is not automatic. Your life will be more or less blessed if you do what I've taught you to do. It's my will for you to enjoy the fullness of my blessings. But it's not up to me, it's up to you. You have a responsibility towards grace. There are things you must do to receive and apply what I've already provided for you through the sacrifice of my son. So prepare, prepare, prepare. And as you prepare, you'll be a vessel of mercy to those around you. You'll be a vessel of my compassion, a vessel of my love. So that you're in a place so safety comes. That wherever you go, because you follow my spirit, you dwell in the secret place of the most high God. And wherever you go, you will be safe. And those around you will be safe. You'll be like Rahab was to her family and those around her, that they were in her house so they were safe. Do not be afraid of the future. Do not be afraid of things to come. Because I told you in my word and by my spirit that they will come. Do not be afraid. Just know you dwell in the secret place. And as you keep growing, as you keep ascending, you'll manifest mercy. You'll pluck those out of the fire, pluck those out of judgment. Many more will be saved. Many more will come to know my son because you did the job I've assigned you to do. And great will be a reward in heaven. And I'll remember
0: it forever. And I'll thank you for it for eternity, says the Lord. Glory to God. Wow. That ending was really got me. He said, I'll thank you for it for eternity. Can you imagine when God says thank you? That God needs you. He needs you to do your part. He needs you to do your job. One of the things that says in the Old Testament says God does not take pleasure when the wicked perish. He doesn't enjoy it one bit. We've studied in our time of prayer
1: how he's always looking for someone to stand in the gap to pray, to ask for forgiveness for a city so judgment doesn't come. So what happens in 2018 is not dependent necessarily on what the world does or what the White House does. Yes, they have some responsibility in all of it. But if you pray, you can change the course of human events. And just because our days of prayer are over doesn't mean we stop praying.
0: We keep building so we can be that vessel of mercy, so that more can be saved. Because that's what it's all about, populating heaven and plundering hell. Amen. I hope you enjoyed today's message. We never want to close a broadcast without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. So if you've never asked him into your heart, you've never made him your Lord and Savior, pray this prayer with me today and mean it from your heart. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he died for me, but on the third day, you raised him from the dead. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart, save me now, forgive me of my sins, fill me with your spirit, and help me to live this Christian life. If you prayed that prayer and meant it from your heart, we believe you've been born again. We ask that you email us at info at FCCGA.com. That's FCCGA.com to let us know about the decision you've made for Christ today. Have an amazing day.